What's shaking, YouTube and I? Welcome to the Cover Price Top Shakers of the Week. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Yes, it is Bad Batch Eve. So, uh, yeah, you got that to look forward to. If you notice, we got a special guest. But before we introduce yeah. him, while you guys are congregating, uh, let me get you guys a little something in the mood, man, to get you uh, get ready for the weekend. Ryan said he wanted something funky. Funky, baby. Let's keep funky. it funky. Yo, man, it's Thursday night. I think you need to hit him in the face with a fish, son. Do you need? Okay. I, I mean, think you uh, need to hit him in the Jack face with like, a fish. Jack is like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> I'm here at Barry Island Beach, and there's no sight to
can literally play that. There it goes on for another four <laughs> minutes. I can see her getting hit with a fish for literally five minutes. Backside uh, Jet, I said, what's up? Hey, happy Thursday, everybody. It's a Shakers list, and we got a good one tonight. I think you. What do you think, fellas? It is quite unique with a lot of weird independent comics, I like and it. I think it's perfect segue for the person to come and help us talk about it. My man, Jack, aka Mr. Bolo, say what's up to the good people. Oh, what's going on, man? Happy to be here. Um, I think this is my second time on the channel, uh, but long time in between the gaps, so yeah. I'm hyped to be here. You were on a long time ago, but then me and Manimal were on your show. So yep. we're, we're, we're doing some some reciprocation. That's what right, we're doing, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Uh, long time friends of the channel. Uh, Mr. Bolo, if you don't follow him, Instagram and all of his socials. Uh, Simple man, good friends of the channel. Uh, once again, the show is sponsored by our friends, literally our friends, because Jack knows them too, uh, at CoverPrice.com. Sign up, go to CoverPrice.com, sign up for a two-week free trial or $6.99 a month to get all your price guides, collections, and trends. The show is also sponsored by our friends over at carewriscomics.com. Go to carewriscomics.com. Use discount code of 15% L-O-T-L-B to get 15% off your daily pools every Wednesday at carewriscoolbox.com. And I guess you're thinking, there's got to be a comic tomorrow, right? No, there isn't. A psych there is. Uh, this Department yeah. of Truth variant drops tomorrow. On the left is Natalie Sanders. On the right is Warren Liu. This drops tomorrow. It's going to be hot. I think it's uh, Department of Truth number five. Uh, this exclusive variant from Akira's Comics. It drops at noon Eastern, nine Pacific. Uh, you know Ryan's going to jump all over that. Yes, I'm going to. Yes, so, yes, uh, yes. And KRS doesn't do a lot of these, like Department of Truths or something that's killing the children. So it's pretty rare that he, um, you know, they do these. But uh, yeah, you don't really see a lot of independence. It's yeah, DC every now and, and then. Well, they used to do some IDW stuff with the GI Joe stuff, but it's nice to see them do a Department of Truth and you know. Who's who else to do uh, women than yeah. Warren Liu and best. Natalie Sanders, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, two, two hot, the hot best. artists. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So this list is brought to you by our friends over at Cover Price, focusing on new sales and the most interesting sales. Found on their exclusives daily shakers list. This list changes several times a day. So make sure you check it out to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. Let's get things started. We'll take uh, we're going to put Jack right to the fire and he's going to start it mm -hmm. off. What do we got for the first one, Jack? All right, well, we're starting off with a classic here with Akira Number 1. Originally released in Japan in 1982, Akira was subsequently released by Marvel via Epic Comics in North America in 1988, making it one of the first manga ever to be completely translated into English. This highly stylized art by Katsuhiro Otomo is considered groundbreaking on many levels, including being the first comic to be colored digitally using computers, and the first comic in the Western world to be printed on slick paper with four-color process, much like modern American comics. Akira also earned Otomo the Eisner Award in 1992. And this week, we saw a remarkable CGC 9.8 sale of the first issue for $1,200, eclipsing the previous record sale of $950 just 10 days prior. High-grade raw copies can still be purchased, for under a hundred dollars but that black cover flat spine oversized shape and sharp corners make this one tough to reach in that coveted 9.8 graded yes, that it does oh yeah i was gonna say man this even is that picture i don't think is a 9.8 oh, <laughs> exactly yeah i mean yeah i'm i'm actually surprised it's so cheap to be honest with you um when an akira live action film does happen this book will explode, explode yeah. it, it, absolutely expect, Especially right now in in the era we're in, where 
It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, originally a comic property. In this case, it was. It was a manga. But then uh, and then it obviously came to the U.S. Um, During the shutdown, I saw this in glorious 4K at the uh, AMC theaters. They had like an anniversary release of it. So I remember uh, last October we, we had a we had a month opening. A small month opening where theaters were reopened. So and but there was no new movies to show. So right. we were just watching like all these old movies. And I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go see Akira," and it's still trippy to this day. Um, you know, uh, you know the animation is still good. I mean, it's obviously not what I miss about anime now is it's not traditional um, what they would consider an, you know animation. It's all like pretty much CGI animation nowadays. But mm. back then it was painstakingly done the animation process and the Japanese are well very well known for this. So number one on the list boys and girls is Kira issue number one from January 1988. Um, the next one has a similar theme to it. What do we next got one, Yeah, We got Bitterroot number one. This is the MCS eBay variant. And related to Kira is this limited 500 copy MCS eBay variant of Bitterroot number one, a.k.a. the Akira homage. We saw this high-grade sale of $500 this past week, and a sweet CGC 9.8 copy reached $757. Graded 9.8s are currently all listed at the $1,000 or more price range. Let's see if someone pulls the trigger on one of these gorgeous and pricey homage covers. It's crazy, Jack. And we had a bit of root yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. You've been paying attention to a bit of root because they do a ton of movie homage covers, which um, I'm I, sadly, I only have one. I have the Purple Rain one, um, but they've been killing it doing all these movie covers. And now that it's been optioned and, you know, we all know what option means, but, oh, yeah. you know, people are going back and looking at these uh, movie variants. So this is to me like Bitterroot number one has been optioned. But it's also an homage to Akira, which also has a live action movie double. in development. It's almost like a double spec, right? It's like, you know, right. hey. Yeah. This one this one hits multiple categories, which is what you really want when you want to see a book go nuclear. So you're absolutely right. You're getting the bitter root spec play playing into this one. As and, well as getting that Akira fan base who naturally any Akira homage does exceptionally well in the market. Yeah. Um that that's been pretty consistent. Um so you kind of get both. And now that Bitterroot has like they've got their director, they've got a producer, um, they're they're moving forward with that film. You're only going to see these go up. Yeah, and limited to 500 copies, so you got like it's a trifecta. You know what I mean? It, I mean, you know. So um, hopefully it comes to fruition, man. So Bitterroot number one, for, uh, the MCS eBay variant, which is an odd title for yeah. it, but. Anyway, what does right. MCS stand for? I wonder. It's my com- it's, it's my comic my shop. My comic shop. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Sold on eBay, so okay. that uh, they were trying that out. Where my comic shop was fulfilling the variants, eBay was selling them only on the site. Uh, okay. Jack, is, yeah, Jack Mr. Bolo is already like up the intelligence level of the show by fifty percent <laughs> by just being on here. So. For real. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? What do we got, Jack? All right, well, we're staying in the independent realm with Black Boy Fly, the C2E2 preview edition number one. Uh, This self-published issue was sold during various conventions in 2017. The central character, Fly Boy, is also the focus um, of fine artist Herbu Brantley, who co-wrote this comic uh, and cover art by Max Sandling. Um, Herbu is a rising star in the art world and uses Fly Boy as the star of his sculptures, murals, and artwork in real life 
He has a massive presence in Chicago, and this is the first appearance of Flyboy in comics and the first professional comic art uh, of Herboot. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but who knows? Both comic fans and Herbrew, um, Brantley art fans, are seeking uh, this book out. Um, so, again, you're in that two-market area again. Limited to a mere 100 copies, this book has dried up quickly. And this is one hard book to find on the market. Um, in October 2020, uh, releasing in October 2020. However, two copies uh, have been on the market recently, a raw uh, sold uh, for on 523 for 1700 and the CGC 90 sold this week for $1,250. It will most likely be a long time before another copy shows up on the market. And it'll be real interesting to see what that copy goes for. I do I'm like curious to see what the hell the raw copy was that sold more than the 9.0. God, I mean, but this right. isn't the first time we've seen black boy fly on the, on, I don't know if it was on this list or if it was on the top 10 list a few months back. I remember seeing it. Yeah, on I doubt of, if on it was one of on our the top list. ten list because this is one of those really low. Okay, low then it was runs. probably on yeah. a Shakers list months months back. But yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I don't know if it's uh, Hebrew. It's maybe it's yeah, that might be it. That might be. Yeah, the way I mean, you know, you know yeah. we don't want to sound too insensitive or whatever. Just saying, keep on saying Hebrew, but it's H U B R U. But uh, it is gorgeous. I his art is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's really stand out. I mean, you see as soon as you see it, you know it's like almost elevated from your typical comic art. I mean, Jack, you you follow a lot of new uh, comics mm -hmm. and trends. Have you noticed there's a lot of I don't I wouldn't call them mainstream artists, but more pop culture artists and artists from other uh, I guess genres that are coming into the comic book world, and they bring their followers with them. And Absolutely. And it's now publishers are seeking that out now. They're looking yeah. for these artists who have kind of contemporary art experience, um, who are building followers, especially ones who can cultivate followers on social media. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a trend we're going to continue to see. And part of that is the respect that the comic book market is starting to kind of get on a mainstream level, whether it's a big, a big uh, distributor like Penguin Random House picking up distribution of Marvel. Like these are the kinds of moves that are starting to get attention from the mainstream business public. And that includes the mainstream art public. Yeah. I would say the word respect and put emphasis on spec. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, Cause you know, I, I think you and I both are in agreement that there's an influx of cash coming in from the GameStop type folks, the uh, trading card people, the, the, all the, all, you know, they're coming into our world now and driving up prices, which are good for the people who are holding it. But it's just more visibility. And, you know, we, this can be a discussion for another time, you know, with Jack uh, about, you know, is this potentially a bubble? And I think that there we have a solid foundation now to where if a bubble did burst, prices wouldn't drop drastically like they did in the 90s as we have much more, you know, of a, a larger base of collectors, more means and ways of buying comics and, and selling comics. So I, I just think um, we're more situ better situated now. Uh, you know, sure. obviously it seems to be, you know, for inflation, you know, like some comics I always notice, I was like, you know, that seems kind of cheap for a first appearance of Shang-Chi. Then I see 16,000. Well, now it's just like, after 16,000 for 9.8, that seems, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. So like, you know, first appearance of, uh, Dr. Strange for the longest time in the mid grade was pretty cheap. You can get like a, a 5.0 for like, you know. 2000 but now it's up to 5000 which i think should be correct right for these old legacy characters right but uh, there you go uh blk black boy fly number one the c2e2 preview edition from 2017 a cool 1250 for 9.0 what do you got next ryan 
Next up is in humans number five. We've known about Elena Belova for a while now, and while her first appearance in this issue has been hot, it sure has taken a long time spiking in value um, the way every other MCU-related book has. For a while, it wasn't clear how big of a role that Elena would play in phase four of the MCU. However, we now know that there are big plans and collectors are now finally investing in this book. This week, a CGC 9.8 hit a new high of 750 bucks. Still grossly undervalued. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, my For some source... reason, I think in humans, they have a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> over the show and like i don't know inhumans kind of got the justice league treatment yeah so my sources have told me that there is going to be a black widow sequel and it is going to be yelena belova um as the you know kind of scarlett johansson passing the mantle scarlett johansson is pushing 40 years old which she still looks great by the way but um but you know i still think Scarlett Johansson's not done in the mcu uh for some for for some crazy reason i don't think she is and i think if they, you know, curious to see how the mantle is passed in Black Widow, but I think, you know, if Yelena does a, a bang up job in the uh, Black Widow movie, there I've already heard from, you know, my man Mikey Sutton that they are working on a Black Widow two sequel. I mean, it's kind of been like, what took you so long to make a Black Widow movie? But from the trailers that I've seen, looks fantastic and opening up a whole new world of just specking on Russian superheroes, right? You know what I mean? I mean, Marvel kind of has like a bunch of these kind of Russian superhero teams and superhero ca- Omega Red, uh, Crimson Dynamo. What is that? What was that team called? The uh, Crimson Guard? Or yep. uh, Yeah, you know, there's tons of them out there. So, you know, what? just like what they could do with Excalibur and UK uh, heroes, they could do that in Russia. So there you go, man. So Inhumans, issue number five from 1999. What do we got next, Jack? Ah, so Gotta have some golden age on here. Right, yeah. I think uh, my fellows in the chat who are trying to count the amount in their collection are not going to be thrilled with this one. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking at Lawbreaker Suspense Stories number 11, uh, which comes from uh, Carlton Comics in 1953. Um, Well, this is one guy that took the phrase, cat got your tongue a bit too literally. And if you ever start to question why the Comics Code Authority was put in place, Here's another prime example of likely why. A CGC 4.5 copy of this brutal cover uh, sold for a record of $3,000 this week, easily cutting down the prior high sale in this grade of $657.25 from way back in 2008. This rare book with only 62 universal copies on the CGC uh, census has popped up quite a few times for sale in the last year, and it keeps hitting records. It's easy to see why this book has been in so much demand from the pre-code horror collectors, and it doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. This, on our weekly shakers list, we've seen a lot of pre-code horror being Mm -hmm. sold at really high prices because people are, I don't know if they're just realizing how crazy they were. I mean, you know, in 1953. They've always been. Yeah. I've seen a lot of horror. The horror genre in For Golden Age is a huge collector niche. Yeah. Especially pre code uh, Mm -hmm. and the EC stuff. I mean, it was just gnarly. I mean, it was just like half naked. There's a great uh, account on Instagram, Black Cat Comics. I recommend checking them out. Yeah. If you like Um, this kind of stuff. 
for those who are old school cats on YouTube, remember Hero Hater, uh, Hero Hunter eighty one? Yes, yes. Oh my God, he used to show the most rare books that nobody was collecting. Uh, shout out to Hero Hunter. I mean, I remember I asked him like a year and a half ago. He said, "He goes, nah, I kind of quit that, man. You know, you see him post on Instagram every now and then, but if you find Hero Hunter eighty one, man, that is the dude that has the uh, oddest and rarest of the yeah. rare, man. Um, uh, what was that pirate? girl comic uh jack help me with this what was that um was like a ash can uh do you remember that it was like a pirate girl something it's like one of the rarest comics that you could ever see but uh you know i'll, I'll try to find out for you I always yeah, lawbreaker suspense stories issue number 11 from 1953 three grand on a 4.5 there you go uh here's something i think jack you've been talking about this on your social medias about um these type of ips and they're you know and you should be looking for these in comics right oh absolutely uh, this is he-man and the masters of the universe number one this is the terry dotson variant and it was recently asked to the cover price folks uh what their favorite Terry Dotson cover is. And their immediate answer was without hesitation, this Shira variant. They definitely love master of the universe. Who doesn't? We all love master of the universe, but this cover is damn near perfection. And then a few guys, a days later, a copy hits an all time high of $500 raw, $500 raw, which is a mere $100 under the all time high sale of 600 for a 9.8 back in 2018. Bruh, it's Shiro riding a pink uniform. Come you can't on, not love that, right? Come on, man. Come on. The face I, on I, that horse on that horse alone. Oh whoa! Hey, now I thought you were going to call. Uh, you were calling Shira uh, a bad word there. Come on now. Unicorn, uh, unicorn. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. five hundred dollars for raw raw comic. man. I, and I, I this one with a lot of potential too. Still, at, still where it's at because this is a a real classic. If you're like a He Man Masters Universe collector. This is a classic. This is one of the modern grails for most uh, He-Man collectors. So as Masters of the Universe starts to become a kind of like get its second shot with like the Kevin Smith Netflix show, um, I think we're going to start to see you're seeing more and more toys in stores. It's getting introduced to a new generation. Um, this is a book with like really unlimited potential because it's always going to be looked at as like one of the core variants. I liken this one a lot to um, – like that Supergirl Legion of Superheroes 23 right. use. Um, this is like that within this niche. Yeah, that it's like that with much less cleavage. Because um, <laughs> I think I know you're the one you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number one, the Terry Dodson variant from DC Comics. Remember that if you're listening on podcast, not the uh, you know. There's been different iterations of it, but this is from the DC Comics from 2013 run. Uh, all right. Hey, for all you 90s kids out there, this one, you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. From my favorite era in comics, uh, we've got Sam Keith, the Max number one, the Black Ash Can from Image Comics in 1993. And we've touched upon the high market interest in the early Image titles, but focusing on the hard-to-find variants in Ash Cans, Ash cans were super popular in the 1990s and are essentially smaller versions of what today's publishers produce, which is more like a first issue. Um, for the Max, issues one um, through three all had blue, red, yellow, and black ash can versions uh, of each issue. However, this black version is estimated to be uh, to have around 50 copies and is very tough to find. Hence. This week's raw sale of 
36 is a wake-up call to those who said 90s comics are worthless. Wow. Ooh, it's all you have to do is mention 90s comics. My man Gabe's loves 90s comics. Well, <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. Um, this black cover is impossible to, to get in a high grade. Oh, uh, yeah. And in an ash can as well. Uh, geez, 23, $2,436 for a raw comic. That is incredible. Um, for those uh, 90s kids or 90s babies, uh, you remember there was a really cool Max cartoon that was on MTV. Do you guys remember that? Yes. And mm -hmm. I mean, and that animation to me was way ahead of its time. I thought it was incredible. Um, and that was when oh, MTV they had all was, that liquid TV, man. That, all yeah, those animations were really cool. Mm -hmm. Now we just have like reality shows. Uh, so I don't know. It's you know. MTV went from like music TV to really cool, cutting edge kind of uh, you know animation. And uh, remember, Ian Flux also was uh, mm -hmm. debuted on MTV. So, man, it'd be cool to see if uh, the Max on the big screen. Um, that I mean, that would be incredible. But, but to me, it would have to almost be a. It would have to be. I don't know if you can do a live action, right? It would have to be animated. You know, call me crazy. But I mean, um, with CGI now, animation becomes that's true. a different thing, right? So, yeah. like, I mean, you could do either, like, you know, the Spider-Verse style of animation to the Pixar style of animation to um, you could go any number of things that could really, really uh, make it stand out. But I, I agree with you when in that early 90s period when we had the Max and we had the Max cartoon and then we had uh, the Spawn cartoon. And we were getting multimedia left and right from these early image days. I think it's only we're starting to see kind of that comeback now. Yeah, good old nostalgia. It's like it's like people you know who grew up in the era are adults now with disposable income, and they this is I mean two thousand twenty two thousand twenty one has really been about nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I mean, be it video games, trading cards, or whatever, it's finally coming back. So that's good, I mean, man. look at what we've seen with the video game comic books like exactly that's been yeah. crazy I mean, everything so, yeah. yeah all right so there you go the max number one the black ash can from 1993 we got up next up next is stray dogs number one this is the blair witch variant uh homage i would say this is from hive comics tony fleeces and trish forstner's stray dog series is a big hit the first several issues and all their various homage variants are moving up in value pretty quickly their horror movie poster homage is so well done and highly collectible as you can see by this cover some of the rare ones like this blair witch homage from hive comics and drawn by stan yak was limited to 500 copies and cost 14.99 this week a cgc 9.8 sold for a new high of 405 dollars and 51 cents pretty specific number there keep an eye on the series, grab some of those second print homages if you're looking for a cheap buy-in. You know what? I when I first saw this, I had vibes of witches. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, kind of. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. But then yeah. when you look at the, you know, you look at the dog's eyes, and you're like, okay, you know yeah. how in Blair Witch she kind of. Uh, I remember seeing that movie in the theater. It was like the most hyped movie ever, and really, uh, there was I, probably it got like, me. It got me, dude. I saw yeah. that movie in the at the top of the hype. My yep. ex-wife made me stop at a drugstore to 
get get an uh, entertainment magazine to see if it was real or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, this is really early, early, I don't know, what, internet, right? Uh, and this is the first found footage film that's kind yeah, of yeah. started the whole thing. It I mean, cool. you know, you were just kind of waiting for something to happen. And then at the very end, a dude, uh, spoiler alert, there was a dude standing in a corner. People were like, nowadays, people on the internet could capture that image, blow it up and do whatever. Yeah. But I could have swore people thought he was levitating, standing in the corner. There was so uh, much water cooler talk about that scene. Yeah. You know, and, and <clears throat> it really started the mold of Hollywood saying, um, we could spend $100,000 and make $90 million. You know, I mean, that's I mean, literally that. I mean, if you look at the 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 budget of this uh, Blair Witch, it was really like minuscule. Look at all the found yeah. footage films that came after it. I mean, oh, yeah. Cloverfield yeah. and all these other guerrilla yeah. style shots. It's it's yeah. it was a cool thing. Yeah, yeah and, we're, and we're also seeing now this is the second um, store exclusive variant that's been on this list this week, uh, and what both of them kind of had in common, uh, other than both being image comics, was that they are you know homages to some other classic piece of media and i think that that is the key is a lot of people are down on store exclusives uh, but store exclusives you know if if the if whatever the subject of the art is connects with an audience they can be absolutely dynamic because of the low print runs yeah yeah well, and it's, it's nostalgia too because you know a kid from 2021 is not gonna know what the hell the blair witch project is one of us guys see it again they'll be like hey is that the blair witch project you know, right. he had a whole month where they did a uh, movie homage cover absolutely. I, I, I have the matrix one and i have the uh purple rain one that they did for bat I think it was Batgirl. They did a Batgirl. Rain. That's the standout. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a great uh, Joker, uh, the mask, which is really cool because obviously the mask. Yeah. There was right. a Lost Boys. The Teen Titans be Lost Boys or was it mm -hmm. Night Nightwing yeah. or something? And I, don't I think know, there's an Enter the Dragon one for Grayson. Uh, oh, there's, oh, we can get real weird with it. There's a Justice League Magic Mike one. Oh, yes. I know about that one. <laughs> there's uh, a Superman Superfly one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, nice. I have that one. I'll show it on Instagram. Right. It's awesome. So, Stray Dogs number one, Blair Witch from Hive Comics, dropped on uh, Feb. Well, not too long ago, February 2021, selling for a cool $405. All right. This should make everybody, this should at least get a notch on everybody's belt on this one. You should have this one. That's right. We're looking at Venom Lethal Protector number one, but we're talking about the newsstand. Yeah, here. yeah. Is that a technicality? So, do yeah, they so get, maybe they, do they won't. get that. You get <laughs> yeah, half, half, half credit. credit. Right? Obviously, can... this comes from Marvel in 1993. So, my 90s people, what's up? This 90s book was a pivotal moment for Venom. Marvel started him out as Peter Parker slash Spider Man's ultimate villain. And then it took a hard left turn and turned him into a lovable, violent anti hero post maximum carnage. This cover is one of the most memorable books of the 90s, uh, hence cementing itself in collector nostalgia. This week, a CGC 9 8 for this newsstand sold for a new high of $600. And remember, there is a sequel. Venom 2 on the way. Yep. And if you really want to go deep into the weeds, look for the mm. error variants wow. for Venom Lethal Protector. I believe it, uh, for some reason, uh, during the printing, there's like an all black cover. Yep. Um, but yeah, go on to recalledcomics.com and just look at them and you can tell the scarcity of them. They have a nice little rating of, uh, of you know, from rare to somewhat rare. Um, but I remember... It's just all black. You can't see anything on it. And it was a mistake. And, you know, collectors, we love mistakes, you know, but, you know, sometimes the mistakes are uh, one page is like uh, black and white and the rest of my color. But this one, the cover is totally just like they, the printing went off on it. I, I don't know if 
Nowadays, I'm surprised publishers don't do that on purpose. Like, oh, we made a mistake. You know, you guys should buy. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, uh, you know, the closest we get to that nowadays is they throw in surprise variants every now and then. But yeah. there you go. Lethal. We, we accidentally printed 5,000 mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say, Tim, don't give them ideas, man. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, all right. So Venom Lethal Protector number one. That everybody had, I have had this for a long time. And, you know, for the longest time, I was like, this is worthless. I didn't think I gave it to my nephew. I was like, who cares? But you know what? It's 2021. So our last one on the list is actually something we looked at last week. But, hey, it made it on the list because it's an absolutely gorgeous classic cover. And, again, from the 90s, 1993, this is Wonder Woman number 72. And this iconic Brian Boland Wonder Woman cover is highly sought after and due to the all white cover it's tough to get one in high grade 7.5 raws were selling for $45 and $52 this week and hit a all new high of $999 for a CGC 9.8 Brian Boland is another fan favorite artist that really brought new fans to Wonder Woman his covers were dynamic engaging and reflected a modern lens with golden age sensibilities, his whole Wonder Woman run is worth picking up. And I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. I love this cover. Well, I see a lot of people with some 0 for 10s, but you know, there was a 3 for 10 in there, 2 for 10s, and there was a couple of accessible books. You know, this Wonder Woman is classic, uh, so classic they made a statue out of it. But uh, that is the Shakers of the Week, boys and girls. So as we always do, let's see what's shaking today. Um, and Jack, what we do is we go over to the cover price website and see, uh, what's going on on the, uh, cause it changes on a daily basis today. So, so these are today's daily shakers. These are today's daily shakers. Look uh, on view. might be different. Yeah. I only have one. Oh my God. Bat fantastic for 49 in a 7.5 just sold for $3,500. Jesus wow. criminy. Let me look at this because this doesn't look like a right price. What is this? This, this is, is from 1999. This is the, the German, German edition. edition. Yeah. Ah. So people the, are starting to get into those foreign editions. Yep. An incredible Hulk. Invisit Wolverine. Uh, whatever that means. <laughs> so reprints first full appearance Wolverine 9.6, wow. $3,500. Um, so there you go, man. Um, I showed off a book on Instagram not uh, a couple days ago. It was amazing fantasy reprint. Hey, uh, take from... that thing off the the screen. It's blocking the view. What thing? The Jeff Schultz. You got a. You're highlighting a. Oh. The chat. Yeah. yeah. Forget you, Jeff Schultz. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, yeah, Jeff. There you go. Sorry about that. Um, so I remember I showed my amazing fantasy, which was a Turkish edition, but there's also, I don't know if I should tell you that I'll tell you guys this. Cause you know what? We want to share the knowledge here. There's also a sweet or Turkish variant of the, of, uh, Hulk 181. So mm. it, it's a reprint, but you know, same thing here. Uh, exactly. You know, there's a German version. There's uh, Turkish editions as well. So the amazing fantasy one is a literal reprint of amazing fantasy 15, but it has, um, it has Spider Gwen carrying Miles Morales on the cover, which you know I think makes it kind of uh, cool collectible. Um, let's see what else we got. A journey here. I guess we were just talking about this. Let's talk about this again because this is yeah, the, the gold, gold variant of Lethal Protector number one. Back in the days, 1993, guys, we love gold and platinum covers. I can't mm -hmm. tell you why, but we liked it. Okay, because we wanted it's shiny. everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but the platinum ones are actually worth more than the gold ones, considering you know. Uh, but a nine point eight sold for fifteen hundred. I'm going to see what the highest known value is. Let's look all the different ones actually. So, 
There's the red, the white one, and one of these may be the error. Uh, if I want to see here, yep, this is what we're see. You talk about it, and it shall come, boys and girls. This is the Venom Lethal Protector Black Error variant, as you can tell. It's an error black cover. 9.4 for $4,500. This is probably one of the more valuable error comics there are. There's a lot of them, but, you know, as printing has gotten better, you see less and less of these. So the, these okay, I just want to make a statement real quick. Go back up real quick to the, where it was showing the raw fair market value. Mm -hmm. the, the integrity is here in the website. I mean, they have an asterisk, and it explains that that's an older than six-month price. I mean, I yeah. love that about this website. So yeah, it's not it's, just throwing up numbers and like, oh, it's no, it's older than six months, you know, put right. it in perspective. Well, yeah, because you're talking about a book like this, they, right. they don't come up every, you know, you're, you're not going to see one. And the market has right. so drastically in the last six months. And we, especially timed with a film, if somebody was to put one of these up right now, raw, graded, oh. wouldn't matter. You're going to break records. Well, let me look at the sales. I mean, I mean whoa. There is a 10.0 on this guy. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, there's this book comes higher graded traditionally because of the like thick cardstock cover. Exactly. So you can get high grades in this book, but it's shocking to me. From to 2010, though. And imagine if they sold it now. Oh, my uh, God. Right. It would be $10,000 more. More than that. More than that. I mean, it was in February 2010, it was $3,500. Um, so. Uh, so yeah. 20 grand probably see today oh i you might get more yeah. i mean it, it, it to me that would be that would maybe be the grail of venom collectors because yes you can talk about asm 300 but if you look in the census you, you know you're gonna see a ton of copies of asm 300 but you're looking at one that's a 10-0 that is a true one of one mm -hmm, uh, yeah. the closest thing we have in the comics market to one of ones is those books that grade so high they really can't be matched. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look at that. Invincible. Yeah, it was Spider-Man India. We talked about that already. Uh, I love looking at I love looking at these, by the way, um, from the um uh golden or uh, golden age, nineteen thirty-four. Yeah. Definitely golden age. Yeah. Wow. Nineteen thirty-four. Um, a three point five, so for nine hundred dollars. But you know, God, you know what? I mean, it just blows my mind that they're for so inexpensive when it's. I mean, this one's cool. Uh, famous funnies, and this is featuring Buck Rogers. Yeah, How about cool. that, man? From 1954, Frank Frazetta, Buck Rogers cover. How awesome is that? Highest known value is uh, from last year, 7,200, man. But how often are you going to see Frazetta drawing Buck Rogers? Everybody knows him for his fantasy art, right? But I mean, this you got Frank Frazetta drawing famous funnies from the 30s. Good Lord. Buck, Buck Rogers is another one with a film on the way. Oh, I would love to see that. Dibby, dibby, dibby. Oh, there's Gee, another famous, that famous funnies up there. Looks like someone's getting blown apart. <laughs> right. Not very um, funny. Oh, here we go. Oh, that Vampirella one is pretty cool. Yeah, this is uh, Warren Comics, actually. So this is the giant size special issue Vampirella Possessed. This is a photo variant. Yeah, those are definitely photo models. Wow. Uh, from Warren Magazine, uh, March 1979. Uh, four point uh, nine point hmm. eight. Uh, wow, that seems cheap. Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, really, uh, this is pretty damn rare. When you see uh, any Vampirella, there's the the evil droids. Um, 
Exciting. Uh, I, I got I to. Anytime <clears throat> Golden Age shows up on this, I have to. Featuring yeah. The Black Terror, The Nemesis of Crime, exciting comics from 1947. Pines. 57, raw comics, so for $432. Um, that's not bad at all. I mean, Man, it's that's just, the You known. don't see it. You just, yeah, don't, you, don't. you just don't see them. You know what I mean? I mean, to me, that seems rather cheap. I would buy it. I, yeah. it, it it's one of the hardest things, too, if you're like a reseller or a flipper out there and you're getting ready to hit the cons this season um, when we're finally going to be able to get back to doing it. It's one of the hardest like markets to play in because there's so little sales data on a lot of these books. Exactly. Uh, it's hard yeah. to know. You have to, you have to basically see a book and believe when you see it um, that, you know, it there's going to find a market. So a lot of times you're going off that cover. What's going on on that cover. Yeah. Um, the reason I want to talk about this, She-Hulk number one, is because um, picture dropped today. Uh, Mark Ruffalo in his mocap suit uh, for the upcoming She-Hulk series. So uh, there you go. They got confirmation that the Hulk is going to be in the She-Hulk series. So still think this is a grossly undervalued book. A 9-8 last sold on April for 1700 um, Let's Let's see a She-Hulk trailer, and that will go up. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. It's like we I always think- say. You guys have seen the fo- set. They're folks, waiting for the trailers. The, yeah, the set photos. You guys know who's cast, but it takes you to actually get a trailer and the hand of God to slap you in the face before you realize I should go out and buy it. It's now. like going to buy a house and there's no furniture and you can't really picture what it would look like with furniture. Yeah, exactly. In it. That's yeah. why there's a million million dollar industry called staging, where they stage <laughs> your house for you. You, right? you know, because they be like, your furniture looks ass awful. Let me stage your house for you. Um, and uh, you know, and. I was, my girlfriend watches this show about these New York City. Oh, I watched uh, that shit. Million yeah, dollar okay. listing. That's awesome. He was going to say, how much is it going to cost to stage this? And he said $150,000 to stage yeah. his apartment. But, yeah. you know, the but apartment they wanted to sell. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. so people who get real estate, you know. Right. Uh, here's uh, actually gorgeous, gorgeous cover. Impossible to find in a high grade. I must cool, also say cool Conan cover. the Barbarian, first appearance of the man thing. The man Raw thing. comic recently sold for $510. Highest That's a raw value. man thing. Yeah, there's <laughs> a raw man thing. That's what she said. Highest known value is 9.6 for $3,200. I'm telling you, when man thing makes his uh, appearance, you know what? This is going to disappear. Um, it's already hard enough to find as is. Um, what is this? this is a weird entry. Now, let's take a look at hmm. this. Children of the Atom, the Jim Lee hidden gem variant, one in 100. Okay. Look at that wraparound. Ooh, right. That is 90s Jim Real Lee pretty. goodness right yeah. there, man. Look at that. A uh, little Dark Phoenix action. Um, children of the Atom, nine point eight five ten. This is definitely a nostalgia buy. Um, what I mean, for to me, like one in one hundreds for uh, nine eight for five ten. That's a good deal, right? I mean, you know, because you know, I Jack, we've talked in this show where it's just as near, just as much as three four years ago. Uh, ratio variance one in twenty five, one in fifty, one in one hundred. They always dropped in price, but. It seems to be the new trend now where some of the people are going back and buying these uh, racial variants, the higher ones, one in 100, one in 50, and they're holding their value, which is in the past, people always say, hey, you want this variant? Just wait like three or four months. It'll go down in price. But it seems to be changing just a little bit, um, which is a good thing for uh, collectors, you know? Yeah, and the, and the biggest the biggest tip I could say to somebody out there if they're deciding whether or not this is a high ratio variant to wait on or to buy immediately would be to, to see how many stores are doing exclusives for that variant because yeah. stores who do exclusives get a large number of high ratio variants and they're not attached to them because of it and they want to make their ROI on the project in general. So they tend to sell those on the market a little cheap. 
And what that does is depress those high ratio variants. And a book like Children of the Atom, where you're not seeing um, a bunch of, uh, there wasn't a bunch of store exclusives for that book. There was, I think a few, but there wasn't a ton. So you're able to climb in value. If you can find those high ratio books that don't have store exclusives at all, especially, you can definitely see some growth. And this is the perfect example of something that has a ton of store variants. And I think it's for issue 16, not this one, but issue 16, they are going all out. There are literally, I mean, YouTubers, Instagrammers, everybody's, uh, Jack, do you have something that's killing the children? But I'm probably the only one who doesn't. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't either. I uh, now, you, 16 is apparently the origin of the, the character, correct? And so right. they're going it's all out. It's part of a new it. arc. It's the origin. Um, the series was only originally intended to go through 15 issues. That was It was supposed to be a limited run series. When the series picked up the level of popularity it did, they had to go back and bring in more stories. So that you had to kind of break between issue 15 and 16. 16 drops a new arc. Jeez, you saw a ton of, ton of variants, but... One thing Boom Studios is doing is they're only allowing store exclusives now on the first issue of every arc. So you will see like a a break for those like completionist collectors who are overwhelmed from issue 16. You'll get a break 17, 18, 19. So at the very least, I think that's good. And and these printings here, like this one. This is the sixth printing. Yeah, yeah, that's my boy. Minuscule print run in comparison to what the first run first print is looking at and even the first print is a small print run compared to the hits of today i think people forget that something's killing children really started this kind of indie wave that we're back on right now yeah that department of truth yeah right but you look at even department of truth department of truth has like a five times bigger print run than something children number one yeah i mean if you look at this this is the first printing and i I do believe right this is the first printing um uh this came out 9.8 it's only 13.25 um, but subsequent printings, people have gone crazy over, especially this uh, Frizan variant or Frizan, mm-hmm. whatever, Jenny Frizan, Frizan. Um, this one, I mean, you know, um, it, I mean, uh, I don't know, Jack, what do you think? I mean, do you think the just the the number of, of these reprints is just going to come back and, and just kind of dilute the market? I don't think so, because they're so limited. If they if. If it was more like the way big two companies, I know a lot of people don't like the way the independent companies do the the late printings because they're so low printed, but the big two companies do the late printings and they're much more accessible um, and they tend to sort of have that dilution of the value. With, with the indie companies, they're so rare, they essentially become like limited variants. Then that's the way they get looked at. So I think that's part of it is they're not necessarily looked at as a six print. It's really like a variant for issue number one and a very, very rare variant. One you're not going to see very often. Yeah. Shout out to our man, Matt DeVoe, who's in the live chat. Let me see. The Spider-Man India 9.8 sale is crazy. All right. I think he's giving us a hint. All right. I would look at it because uh, I, I glossed over it. I'm going to go back up to it and let's look at it. I think it was towards the bottom. I go. like how we saw first in humans in there too, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. First appearance, uh, Pivotar Prabakapar, Earth. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, 9.8 sold for 900. Let's just call it a cool grand. Uh, highest known value as well. And I think this wow. was on our cover price top 10 last yes, week. So uh, there you go, man. So if Spider Man India ever pops up, you know. Yeah, that's just a book you don't see in the wild. Nope. Not at all. I and mean, it's a gorgeous cover. I mean, no doubt. I mean, it, it but- almost looks like it's painted. But I'll tell you, it's also a book that I feel like you could find 
if you no, find- I, I saw this book in the wild uh, three years ago, four years ago, and at a store locally, uh, digging through boxes, didn't, you know, went right past it, but I remember it because of just mm-hmm. what, it, you know, you don't see Spider-Man India, so it was kind of burned in my brain, but kind of makes me want to go back and see if it's still there. Well, yeah, because that's, that's one of those books I could see a retailer not realizing what it is that they I have. mean, it was in the middle of, you know, the boxes somewhere. I mean, it's like hidden. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, those real hair tailors, I don't know what they have. They just seem like far and in between now because everybody's on social medias and um, getting notifications from certain apps and they following websites that drop everything. But you know, but also um, three, four years ago, this book was nothing. Yeah. Uh, let's, I'm going to look at this because there's been some recent Black Cat rumors about casting, and I just love this car, looking at this cover. I'd marry this cover, too. Jason Scott Campbell. Exactly. This is The Amazing Spider-Man Presents Black Cat, issue number one, the 1 in 50 variant from 2010, and 9.8 sold for 1,200 boleros. Wow. Hey, uh, record sales sold on my birthday, July Happy 24th. Birthday, there you go. So if you want somebody want to send me this on July 24th, <laughs> uh, more power yeah. to you, man. But uh, that's what's shaking today, man. Let me uh, go full screen so you can see our beautiful faces. Walking Dead is on that list. Wow. We're yeah. also getting a little J. Scott Campbell renaissance. I think that whole uh, art fixing controversy actually really put him back in right? the because now people are going back and looking at all the covers that he's done, that we've known that he's always done. Um, if you're, you know, that uh, uh, who's a Jessica B or B, the, the talk show host uh, that mm-hmm. used to be on the Daily Show, there was a thing that she uh, she went to a, sh- a Comic Con and she interviewed J. Scott Campbell and talking about how you know women are dr- are drawn disproportionately, and he was in on the joke. He knew that she was going to do it. Samantha B actually, right? Samantha and B, Jace, yeah, and, and J. Scott Campbell was actually one of the guys that she had talked to, but if you think J. Scott Campbell is bad, go look at Battle Chasers by Joe Mad and look at the uh, proportions on that one. That one is way out there, man, way out there. So, um, so hey, man, we're going to close off the show here. We're almost at an hour, but uh, before we go, I'll let the guys say their thing. But remember, tomorrow, boys and girls, this gorgeous, gorgeous variant we were just talking about, the Department of Truth, is dropping tomorrow from our friends at carebriscomics.com. So make sure you guys set your alarms. Uh, on the left there is, uh, of course, our friend Natalie Sanders. On the right is Warren Liu. It's not Warren Lau. It's Warren Liu because I actually met him and asked him. Um, but uh, this is the Department of Truth. I believe it's number five. Uh, both are available. Uh, you can buy either one or both on KRS Comics website tomorrow. You can use the code of LOTLB and you can save yourself 15% off. Uh, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up this up too. Clayton Crane. Actually, I'm sorry. It's sold out. Um, <laughs> I looked yesterday. This dropped on Wednesday and it sold out in about Jesus. two hours. All, all copies of it are sold out. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Dark Side Jedi and I will be in Chula Vista, California for the Clayton Crane in-store signing for Can't the wait. grand opening of the KRS HQ. Uh, we're going to be out there, maybe go live, talk mm-hmm. to Clayton Crane. Uh, you, can get, you can get all your books and they are doing a CGC submission. Uh, for those complaining about CGC, news just dropped. They are hiring 500 people. For nice. uh, CGC. So right. I would say. You're up for con season. Wait a little bit. Because the last time they hired a bunch of contractors and subcontractors to grade, it was wildly inconsistent. So just be leery. Just because they hired a bunch of people, let them work out the kinks. It's kind of like a brand new restaurant, right? You don't want to be the first person to do the door. Let them kind of figure out the menus and everything uh, before you start uh, g- getting into and uh, getting your uh, shawarma. Uh, speaking of shawarma, <laughs> Dark Side Jedi, any last words? 
I appreciate y'all. Hey, thanks for joining us on this wonderful Thursday evening and uh, have a happy evening and yeah. go watch Bad Batch at 3 a.m. Well, noon or midnight 12, for me. midnight for you. That's there right. You Jack, my man, AKA Mr. Bolo, thank you for coming on. You, you are always very knowledgeable, very, very well. Uh, tell them what you're up to, where they can find you and all that good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit all over the place right now. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of a different option because of those CGC woes, you can check me out on the CBCS podcast. I uh, knew you were going to say that. You know that. Um, we don't, starting next Friday, we are moving from bi-weekly to every week. Um, and it's a little bit different. So it's an 1130 Eastern live show uh, in the morning. So we're, we're hitting you with a little bit of a different time slot. Is that on YouTube or? It's everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Okay. On All their official CBSI or uh, CBCS page, uh, it's YouTube on Beckett, channel, or? Beckett Media. The, the Beckett Media. Okay, great. Beckett Media, um, the the sports card company. Um, but yeah, so um, check me out there as well as every Friday I drop an article on 137pm.com, uh, entrepreneurship tech. Um, a Explain website. to people what 137.com is because I, I I've read I've read your stuff on there and it's a very interesting premise for a website. That if, for yeah. those who don't know, it's not your tip. It's not your typical comic book resources.com. Right. Yeah. I am. I am the first comic book writer for the site. Uh, it is for the young entrepreneur. It's kind of like a men's magazine style for a young entrepreneur. <laughs> Matt <laughs> asked if he could find you on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a, um, a young entrepreneur, um, the alternative investor. Um, we talk about uh, that we're all about curiosity. It's, it's the investor who is sees a new niche and is really curious about it. So it's got we've got NFT coverage, we've got sports card coverage, um, we've got crypto coverage, um, and then you know I worked very hard to kind of present the comic book community to them. Um, they're uh, owned, they're part of the, the Vayner media stable, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Um, so I really, I saw what he was able to do in the sports card market and I wanted to get within his ecosystem in some way. Um, and, and really it's been, we've been at, at this for about two months. It's really picking up steam. We're expanding. So it's up. your fault that all these uh, large influx of cash is coming into the comic collecting world. Man, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. But you know yeah. what? It, it's a great thing though, because people yeah, are saying like they, they're taking the money they made from their game stock stock or the amc stock or the nft and they're saying what else can i buy and i think comics have a bit more stability on them since they're to me it's like a long-term stock if you can get like a a, a key from the golden age or silver age it's not going to depreciate in value like you know gamestop who's uh, like a yo-yo going up and down but i'm sorry go ahead continue. yeah yeah i mean that was my original pitch to 137 p.m was you know comic book characters they're not going to get hurt they're not going to get arrested for domestic assault and suddenly have their, <laughs> their values tank. Um, they're not going to retire after eight years and then be done. Um, you know, it is a, and then with the films, we have a level of predictability. There's a, a level of, we've seen the way the market goes and the way the market reacts to things in your, in sports, you're always kind of waiting for something to happen. Uh, so I think as an alternative investment, if you were to compare it to the gains in the stock market, if you look at like a Hulk 181 or any of these classic keys, and you look at the returns that holders of that book have had over the last decade, um, it would rival any investment on the market. That's true. Um, so that's, so I'm trying to speak about comics. It, if you check out the articles, I'm definitely, I'm speaking about it. it. Some of my most experienced people may be like, okay, well, 
you know, I, I know this, but that's the point is I'm speaking to a, a crowd of people who maybe have never given comic buying and comic investment a try before. And we're trying to bring it to that new audience so that everybody at home who's sitting on these collections, the new market and the new money just raises the value of what you're already sitting on. How many people still have that stereotypical thought of, oh, comic books are just kids' toy, you know, kids' thing? It's a toy. Or nerd. Or nerd. You know, they don't really. I I was showing my girlfriend the other day. I said, hey, look at this. She kind of sometimes makes fun of me for my over collecting, but I'm like, here, look at this. And she's like, holy shit. She had no idea. You know what I mean? So when you see the the return, it kind of makes up for that. Oh, you spent how much on a comic? Yeah, but it's just the same of every other collectible that's considered a niche thing that kids started with, like mm-hmm. baseball cards and things of other nature. Well, guess what? Those geeks and nerds or whomever you were calling them back when they were, you know, were teenagers or even younger, well, guess what? They grew up, they went to college, they got good jobs, and they're like, I can buy that comic now and I won't even sweat it. You know, that's why we're seeing these gains like, oh, 16,000 for 9.8. Okay, here, I'll buy that. And uh, for the rest of us, that's like, man, that damn, that's a lot. But right. we're talking, you do not want uh, Mark Zuckerberg to become a comic book collector, right? <laughs> Cause, right. You know, because they could just buy, you know what I'm saying? Like if Bill Gates was a comic book collector, like the most famous comic book collector I know is Eminem, who, who, who has Nick who, Cage. Nicholas Cage is the, he, he doesn't the have Eminem money though. Uh, you know, didn't he uh, have, I thought he, he sold, had uh, Nick Cage action either, one. Uh, Nick Cage he had, had it stolen. Through a divorce. He, and he had to make some sales through his divorce. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, was, I know um, Eminem has a high grade Amazing Fantasy 15 uh, yeah. when he was talking about it. So it's kind of cool that he saw that. Um, and what else do you have on this uh, freaky new app that you're talking about? Right. Yeah. So the other thing is, I'm working with an exciting new app called uh, the Whatnot app. So if everybody out there, if you have not downloaded the Whatnot app, you can download it, Google Play, uh, the iTunes store. Um, it is a exciting new app that is taking, a lot of us are frustrated with eBay, right? We're frustrated with raising rising fees. We're, and the biggest thing we're frustrated about is they don't care about the comic community. They don't care about the collectibles community. They're catering to their niche communities. Um, so the Whatnot app is a brand new auction app. Uh, and it's uh, similar to like an auction website, but it's on an app platform and it is directly catering and only for the, the, the collectibles community. And then within that, it breaks up those communities and each individual category, there's different people running it. It's focused on those. So I'm working with them on the comics side of things to really expand this out. And it is a combination of eBay in that you have all of the, the, the like, protections, the seller protection, the buyer protection, the shipping um, fluidity and the way they help handle and manage it um, that you have through eBay. The biggest difference is you're doing it via live sale. So you're doing it similar to what you're doing on IG, what you're doing on YouTube. You can do either buy it now items or you can do exciting, and I'm telling you exciting, one to three minute auctions that just get fast and furious bidding going. It, it allows you to also for the retail stores out there, for um, the uh, uh, the big influencers in the space, it allows you to leverage the communities that you have built and be able to draw a following. When you're on eBay, um, if you're Tim Vo, you're the same as hey, everybody hey, else. Not my government. <laughs> government. No, I'm just kidding. You know what's interesting? <laughs> what you say about eBay doesn't care about comic collectors? It's proof because 
just recently they removed the different categories, right? They used to be like, uh, yep. I can put it under modern age, silver age, bronze age, and now it's just under a broad term of collectibles. So, you know, before you used to be able to browse, let me go see just what's all under the silver age. Or they, somebody from the comics world definitely helped write that because they said modern, uh, 75 and up. And then they went bronze age and silver age and golden age. And so uh, what's interesting about the whatnot app is that you can go live with it. And now, does it also work for, I guess, static sales? Like if I were, you were to post a picture of a book on Instagram and, and sold it, would the would the whatnot app work for that as well? Or is it just for live sales? Well, yeah, there is also a feature where you can add items as almost as if into a storefront on, on your page. So right now, and here's the other, the, the other great process about this. Um, right now you can download it and you can get buying immediately. To sell, you have to get into a queue process and then you actually have to get vetted in order to get a seller account. Mm -hmm. So that's where you're getting that added level of protection where to be able to get in and we're actively bringing in sellers. That is one of my main tasks. Is I'm right, put in a good word for me. I got some stuff. To say. Yeah, I got definitely <laughs> got some stuff. <laughs> but, that's what, but, that's what, but that's what we're looking for is we're looking for to, to know that like either you've got seller experience or you know what you're doing. We want to make sure that like the quality of shipping is important versus eBay taking no responsibility in how, you know, people are shipping. Amazon is taking no responsibility in how people are shipping. Um, and you're getting your books in whatever condition. These are collectibles and each collectible space is different. So by taking an, a really nuanced focus into what the comic community needs, I think whatnot is in a position to really make noise. And on top of that, it's, it's really fun. It's fun to sell. It's completely different experience than eBay. And it's fun to be a part of and buy in those, those one to three minute auctions. I mean, they, they, like so much can happen. Yeah, I got to keep that some, out. Yeah, there are some books that will go higher than market value. And there are some books that will go for absolute steals. When you say when a, a live sale, is it live sale as in a video? Uh, somebody talking like, like yeah, an yeah. IG sale? Yeah, what you will typically see from the comic buyers who are on the space. And everybody's doing it a little differently. But what you'll typically see is almost a setup like a sports card break if you've ever seen it. So the can't you'll use your cell phone, you'll go live, it'll it'll focus on the comic. You won't see the seller, but the seller will be talking. You can play music. Some oh, perfect. People, That's what I was yeah. gonna say. Yeah. yeah. Some, yeah. some people do things like you can set up lights. Uh, you can do things like ring a bell when someone makes a buy. There's so much that you can do. Um, because I that, really think that enhances the experience if somebody's talking to you yeah, can, yeah. and through the app, can you ask questions about grades, conditions? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, see, Absolutely. that's the, the thing about eBay the, is so kind of well, static is you just look at an, at the timer going down, down, down. You know what I mean? And it's like, do I have time to ask a question and he's going to respond to me via email? You know what right. I mean? It, it's like, yep. uh, that's very cool, man. So uh, where can you find this app? Yeah, it's, it's in all of your app stores, uh, in, in iTunes, in uh, Google Play for Android. Um, it, it, it's a mobile app. You can put it on your iPad. Uh, check it out. Give it a look. There's live sales every day in every single niche. And if anybody out there has any questions or is interested in becoming a seller, hit me up. Hit me up on social media at AKA Mr. Bolo. I'm happy to help out and answer any questions. And uh, we really right. want to make noise in the comic space. Big question is how much does it cost? Is it free? It is it, the, the app is absolutely free. The current fee structure is about five percent less than what you are currently paying on eBay altogether between the fees that you pay for the sale as well as the um, the processing fee that like PayPal takes. So you're getting a five percent savings 
right off the bat. And that's some bullshit now too, man. Whenever somebody's pays for you and they deposit directly into your checking account and they already taken the fees from you, you're like, God damn, I thought I just sold this for a thousand. I just got back like, you know, this X amount of dollars. So that's great stuff, man. So make sure you guys check out uh, what not. That's what not. Okay. I'm not just saying what not, but uh, mm-hmm. hey, man, Jack, thank you for coming on. Uh, hopefully you can uh, make this uh, semi-normal. I'd love to have yeah. you back on, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be back on. All right. So uh, thanks for all you guys for joining us. Enjoy your weekend. Sunday, we'll go in live at 5 p.m. with the letters from the long box with Mikey Sutton. And because you demanded it, we got a long-term spec list for the Blade movie franchise. So make sure you peep it out. Get your pens and paper ready. Mikey Sutton is waiting to drop this exclusive on Sunday. Uh, until next time, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out. Now let's do this. Rewind, see they can't come again. Pull up that from the top to the very last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who are you to make their lives bitter in hard bondage? In this, you shall know that the Lord is up there. Oh,